Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday. I can't believe it's June already. June 1st. We are here live. It is Destination Health Day. Phones are already starting to light up. So if you want to jump in, I would do it quickly. 855 nine five zero three eight three five is the number to join us we'll get to those calls in just a little bit uh i had a bunch of stuff here i wanted to talk about nothing major uh some odds and ends i may cover a couple things then get to some calls maybe i'll come back to some of this um one of the things i'm working on big picture kind of going back to the basics when we look at the health issues we're facing today most of them fall into three major groups. We see metabolic issues, and this is, I would say, our biggest problem. Metabolic issues, metabolic diseases like metabolic syndrome, which really kind of covers the whole gamut of what happens when our metabolism gets out of whack. And our metabolism is basically the system of how our body uses energy. How our body converts food to energy is the metabolism. And the reason we have so many metabolic issues is because we are fueling our bodies with the wrong fuel, with the wrong source of energy. We are fueling our bodies 100% of the time with carbohydrates, which is sugar and starch. We really should be fueling our body most of the time with good, healthy fats. That's the, the big problem, and metabolic syndrome covers all of the big stuff that will kill you slowly. Diabetes, heart disease, liver disease, kidney disease, all of those issues um, which ultimately end up leading to dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, things like that. It's th- all of those numbers are through the roof. All of those things are very common now, not normal, but they're all very common. And it's strictly due to the overconsumption of carbohydrates. So the easiest way we fix a metabolic problem is with a low carb diet of some sort. And the lower carb, the better. That's really what it comes down to. Is there some magic number of carbs you should be eating? No, because carbs are not necessary. We have to have fat. We have to have protein of the three macronutrients. Actually, there are four macronutrients. Water counts. If we count all four, three of them are really important. You have to have water or you die. You have to have fat or you die. You have to have protein or you die. You don't have to have carbohydrates. They exist in food, they exist in vegetables, they do exist in foods that are good for us. But when we're talking about a metabolic condition, now the statistic is that uh, 30% of teenagers already have metabolic conditions as teenagers. When we're talking about metabolic conditions, low carb is the way you fix it. The lower carb, the faster it gets fixed. The lowest carb we can eat is carnivore, just animal products. You'll get very, very few carbs in your diet. Most of those are going to come from dairy because most animal products just don't have any carbohydrates. The second big group we have uh, are autoimmune conditions. And the last time I checked, there are over 100. I don't know if there's some official list somewhere. We keep uh, discovering new autoimmune conditions and we also figure out that conditions that we never realized were autoimmune are uh, autoimmune is when our own immune system attacks our body and creates the problem and it can attack different parts of our body depending on which autoimmune condition you get but they're basically all the same the mechanism is all the same. It's your own immune system attacking your body. If, if your immune system attacks your joints, that could be rheumatoid arthritis. If it attacks your thyroid, it could be several 
uh, thyroid diseases that are autoimmune. It can attack your skin. There are several skin conditions that are autoimmune. The third area, which is digestive, can also be autoimmune. We see almost everybody has digestive issues because our food supply is so bad, but some of the digestive issues are also autoimmune. Um, you see in things like that, it is the our own immune system attacking our body. Of these two, autoimmune and digestive, remember metabolic was just, it's all about carbohydrates. The fewer carbohydrates you eat, the faster you can fix your metabolism. These other two, autoimmune and digestive, they really seem to be aggravated by plants. You know, there's, um, I, I actually did a show, the, the product that you see advertised a lot they must spend a fortune on advertising. Uh, it's a supplement called Balance of Nature. And it, it's really just freeze-dried fruits and vegetables. That's really all it is. I did a show about it, why it's not organic. Really, I'm shocked by that. Nobody seems to question that. In one of the commercials, the reason I brought it up, in one of the commercials, one of the people giving a testimonial says there's never going to be a dispute about whether fruits or vegetables are healthy that's what he says there's never going to be a dispute about whether fruits and vegetables are healthy or not that's the attitude that we've taken about fruits and vegetables and it's been pounded into our head forever that they're just healthy and that's not true so when he says there will never be a debate, he's wrong. There already is a debate about whether or not fruits or vegetables are healthy, how much of them we should be eating. I can tell you if you have a metabolic condition, you shouldn't be eating any fruit, none whatsoever. Vegetables, yeah, they can be part of our diet. Are they really that healthy? They're certainly not the best source of nutrients like we've been told, but could they have problems? And they absolutely can have problems. And most of our autoimmune conditions are triggered originally by some sort of a plant. Uh, gluten is a big one, obviously, gluten and gliadin, the proteins. Um, we have oxalates, we have phytates, uh, we have lectins. There are lots of things in plants that are not really good for our body. They aggravate things in our body, and many of them are what start the autoimmune conditions. I, I have talked about this in the past, pure speculation on my part, but women get autoimmune conditions a lot more than men. And I believe it's because women in general tend to eat more plants and men tend to eat more meat. That just is in general. Women tend to avoid fat more than men do. And I think because of those things, women tend to end up eating more plants, more salads, more smoothies, more fruit and veggies. And it's, it's not necessarily healthy. In fact, when we look historically, it's very possible that plant food was just a way to fill in when we didn't have enough animal food. Uh, the more I, you know, read, the more I research, the more I think about this, I think that's probably true, that most human beings on the planet really lived on animal products and plant food was just to fill in. And now we eat an awful lot of plant food and now we want to make meat out of plants and chemicals and other kind of stuff. Um, I was going to talk about one of the specific problems, oxalate dumping. I had a question about it um, a couple weeks ago, and I had, I had never heard the term. And interesting enough, the, the woman who really is kind of responsible for the term or uses it a lot and, and is well known for it, Sally Norton. Uh, I actually had Sally on the show a couple of years ago. I met her at um, the Mindshare Summit, spent about... Uh, Oh, two hours talking to her at that summit. Really interesting. She was one of the first women I had met that was really pushing carnivore heavy. 
And it was because of all of the chemical defenses that are in plants, but her specialty was oxalates. Now, when I talked to her, I don't know if she wasn't talking about this yet or she hadn't discovered it, but there's a term, this term oxalate dumping, I had never heard it. Um, she's done a lot of the research into this. Now, it's, not, it's one of those things not totally proven, still kind of a lot of speculation around it, but it actually makes sense. And the theory is that when we go to a low oxalate diet and we eliminate a lot of the oxalates that we have been eating most of our life, that our body, for some reason, starts to dump the oxalates that it's stored. And the body can store oxalates in almost any tissue. So if this is true, if this oxalate dumping is a thing, when your body starts to dump the oxalates, it's dumping out of all kinds of tissue. So you can end up with all kinds of weird symptoms. But the biggest one we see is, is gout-like symptoms that can be caused by oxalate crystals, uh, almost identical to the way uric acid can crystallize, cause pain in your joints. So oxalate dumping, we may... Uh, we may be talking more about that in the future. Also, before we get to the calls, questions are coming in. Phone lines are lighting up. Keep them coming. 855-950-3835. We have got a new line of food in the store. Our mission right now in the store is to really get a lot of the very best food products that work for drivers that work in the truck, that are shelf-stable, that don't need refrigeration, and yet we want the very best quality and the highest nutrition. Now, I've talked about our um, seafood provider. We lost our seafood provider. Um, Vital Choice got bought by, of all people, one of our companies, 1-800-Flowers. What a weird combination. Uh, we were not able to negotiate a retailer agreement with them. So Lisa got busy and went out and found another company. It's one of those things that we wouldn't have made this change on our own. We would have stayed loyal to Vital Choice. We had a great relationship with them. But now that the change has happened, I'm really glad that it's happened. This new company is absolutely awesome. They have a couple different lines. So the, the company is Patagonia. So if you go to letstruck.com, look under shop and Patagonia, and you will see I am working on uh, recipes for each one of their food products, but they have some awesome stuff. Now, we, we brought in Patagonia to replace Vital Choice um, for seafood, but Patagonia also has some other products that I really like. They have um, some uh, links like beef jerky links, except they have bison and deer, venison. I guess there's this little deer that's on one of the Hawaiian islands and it has no natural predators. Um, you know, I'm sure we took it there for some reason and it's taken over the island because it has no natural predators. So now they're um, harvesting these deer and making beef sticks out of them. So got to try those. Now I will tell you, these are really, really lean. This deer is really lean. So these are kind of drier and harder than most beef sticks. But sometimes I like that. They're really good. The bison is excellent. They also, and I've been looking for this, we, we have a couple vendors that we recommend but we don't have anything in the store spice blends i have totally changed the way i cook as far as um, herbs and spices go you know when we all get our first apartment or our first house or get married or whatever everybody seems to get you know one of those standard spice racks with all of the spices all organized alphabetically and 99% of them will still be in that spice rack 25 years from now. That seems to be uh, kind of standard. And I've been through that. We buy all these spices. We almost never use them. And I almost, 
I use very few single spices anymore. One of the things I started doing was making my own blends. You know, it was just way too much trouble to try to remember which six herbs and spices. Just mix them all together, make a blend out of it, and then use it to make this dish. Then I started realizing there were some really good blends on the market. So now my spice rack drawer is almost all blends of some kind. Very, very few single spices. I still make a couple of my own blends, but I'm finding that there's just some really good stuff on the market right now. And Patagonia has some amazing spice blends. If you like chimichurri, if you don't, if you've never tried chimichurri, you should try it. It's an, it's kind of an herb and oil and vinegar sauce. Goes really, really good with any meat that comes off the grill or the smoker. Uh, they have an excellent spice blend that makes chimichurri really easy to make. They also have a, a specific chili that they use called aji molido. And it has quickly become one of my favorite seasonings. And they use that in some of their blends. So you got to try their spice blends are really awesome. But the big thing is the seafood. And they have got awesome seafood. So all of this stuff um, that we had before, we have now, we just have even better varieties and options. So uh, wild sockeye, we have lemon pepper wild sockeye. Now, I've said this before, I'm not wild about flavored uh, foods like this. They usually tend to taste fake or overdone to me. This company nailed it. They absolutely, their lemon pepper salmon is so well seasoned. Uh, it's just awesome. They also have really good mackerel. So if salmon or tuna is a little too seafoody for you, you should try mackerel. It's, it's a really small fish, excellent fat. And they're small, so they don't have time to build up a lot of toxins. We want to eat really small fish. So these mackerel are excellent. They have smoked, they have roasted garlic, lemon caper, and Spanish paprika. Really, really good. Now, when we hear the word anchovies, people tend to get a little freaked out about anchovies. They think of those really, really fishy, salty things that sometimes people put on pizza. And most people don't, well, most people think they don't like anchovies because of that. I actually do like anchovies on pizza. I don't know why it ever got started. Nobody ever seems to order it. I actually do like anchovies on pizza. But these anchovies are very different. I just said if you, if tuna is a little too strong for you, you should try the mackerel. If mackerel is too strong for you, you should try the anchovies. They are really, really mild. They have Spanish um, roasted garlic, and they have lemon and olive white anchovies uh, from Patagonia. We have them in the store. You got to try them. Here, if you are looking for a, a really substantial snack or even a meal, super easy, very highly nutritious, get all of your omega-3s in one shot, all you have to do is open up a can of these anchovies, pour in a little hot sauce and eat them with some grain-free crackers. Or open it up, dump it into a bowl, mix it with some kimchi. Just mash it together with some kimchi and then eat that with some grain-free crackers. Absolutely amazing. So I am working on recipes, actually. I'll give you a kind of a little sneak peek under the curtain. The... Um, Lemon caper, um, I think that's the mackerel. Yeah, the lemon caper mackerel or the lemon olive white anchovy. So the cracker one is really simple. Open up any of these tins, whether it's the mackerel or the anchovies or uh, the salmon, whatever it might be. I actually like mi mixing it with kimchi, and then we get the fermented part of our fermented carnivore. And you put in a little extra hot sauce if you want. And then just eat that with grain-free crackers. But the other recipe I'm working on um, 
So each one of these products, I want to create like a signature dish for each product. So the um, lemon caper mackerel, I orzo is a it's a pasta shape that's really small, almost like rice, but it's actually pasta, and they make a grain free orzo. So there's a pretty classic dish where you use orzo and anchovies, and so I've kind of recreated that using that uh, the lemon caper mackerel and the orzo and i make a really light butter lemon sauce and put over that really good so we're gonna start uh, putting out those recipes here soon nice well i have you been i haven't talked to you in a little while i've been working crazy hours driving so we just seem to miss each other life been going good for you uh yeah Back at home, uh, working on the garden. I was going to do a garden update, but we had a bunch of calls, so I figured I'd get to them first. Right on. So here's my question for you. Kind of a, a, a weird one, and I think, I don't know. I mean, let me throw it at you. So I bought Life Balance from you, and it's so weird. I started cramping, um, so I, I started taking the Life Balance. Well, let me rephrase that. So I got real clean. Like, I was eating super duper clean and I started cramping and I drink a lot of water. So I was probably depleting my minerals that way. So I was doing the light balance, right? As it says, I don't remember the specific ratio, but I was, I was spot on. And I think it was a cap for somebody else's. And, um, let me tell you, Kevin, can that cause you to cramp? Can light balance actually cause cramping? Not, through any mechanism I'm aware of, it doesn't mean it couldn't. I'm just not aware of any reason why it would. Okay. Um, here's what I want to throw at you. I bought the life balance from you many months ago, and I used it. And for some reason, I stopped using it. And then I started using it again. And I started cramping bad. I mean, like, you're talking bend over, like your legs, your feet your hand it was brutal and i'm almost wondering if that's why i i I tried calling you a week ago and somehow it didn't go through and i'm wondering if that's why i stopped using it the first time around Hmm. does it need to build up into your body i mean educate me a little further now and i'm not going to be able to educate you much because this has been one of our most consistent products it's been a bestseller from the very beginning it was one of the first problems we identified with keto when people started eating keto myself included we started noticing more muscle cramping and at first we just thought okay it's part of like the whole keto flu thing your body loses a lot of water when you first go into ketosis when it loses that water it also dumps the minerals so we thought okay it's just this you know beginning thing so we need to add some minerals and we went out and looked for mineral products we found light balance i really like the formulation and everything about it so we started testing it and it is so consistent. It just seems to work every time. People start eating this way. And, and this is still one of those mysteries. We're not sure why, when people go to such a clean diet, why do we need to supplement minerals? But we do. We haven't, we, we're not sure why yet. Um, but we do. And it always works. So it's just one of those things that, you know, we kind of set aside and say, I wish I could explain that, but I can't, but here's a simple fix and it always works. So I, I have well, no idea why you might be experiencing that. Well, I could be because I was doing the transition into the ketosis and it seemed as though I went to grab that bottle and my body was going to cramp no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So I was just if, in for the ride until I, if until you, I passed it. If you put one capful in 10 ounces of water, what does it taste like to you? A little salty. Okay. That's actually a sign that you may not need much. If it tasted okay. neutral or sweet almost, that's usually a sign your body wants more of it. When you can start to taste the saltiness, that's usually a pretty good indicator that you don't need a lot of this. So if it, if it tastes neutral or sweet, I tell people you need two caps a day. 
if it tastes a little salty, that's the right amount for you. But I have no idea yeah. other than some weird coincidence. And the only way to test that is to try it again. Well, it's really just, I think I can probably with just us talking it out. I think it's when I'm not eating as clean, like I was eating really clean and it took about two to three days of really eating clean. So my body kicked in and I started cramping and that, then it was a phase that went away. That's about the time that your body might be um, dumping all the water. Yeah. Cause I, I do go to the bathroom a lot. Yep. I, it's amazing. You would think as much as I go to the bathroom, as much as that water weight in that jug, you think I'd be losing all kinds of weight, but that doesn't, that's not, that's no. not a fact. No, <laughs> no. Well, if but, we did, we would, we'd lose a lot of weight quickly. Yeah, it, it sounds like that may be what's going on. But the other thing, like I said, it, it, light balance is so consistent. This time on the road again, I didn't take enough with me. I knew I should have ordered some and I kept putting it off and I ran out. So I had like a week while I was waiting for some to get to me. And within three or four days of stopping the light balance in my coffee, I started having cramps in my feet. Yeah, for sure. So you think maybe I should start doing it again or just do I, the capsule in the 10 out? I, I was actually putting a capsule to say the truth. I was doing two capsules in a 32 ounce. Uh, well, I probably put too much then. Uh, of water, but it was water with a little bit of ice in it. So it's probably 28 ounces of fluid. That's, a, that's about right, I guess, the ratio, because it's one cap for 10 ounces. So I probably was a little little rich, maybe. Yeah, and I, I don't know if, it, you know, maybe start off with just, and here's the thing, two caps in 10 ounces would be no different than two caps in 20. I mean, it's still two caps. Okay, you, fair the, the, the amount is the okay. amount. The only thing that changes is the more liquid you put it in, the more diluted it is, and you don't taste it. But it, it's so I, I would probably start back with one cap a day. If for some reason, right after you start this, those cramps come back, that would be like the third time then I'm pretty sure we could say that Correct. is what's causing it. Now, I'd have to go try to figure out why, because I have no idea why, but I think I'd give it one more shot. And, and I will. And you know how much I follow you, and I believe in everything. I mean, you're just, you're a genius. I mean, everybody, there's so many people who swear by what you say. And us drivers out here, it's funny. I don't care where I'm at. I'm somewhere bullshitting with somebody, excuse my French, they know who you are. It just, it's so you, I believe in you. That's why I do. I, I take your guidance seriously. Um, but I am going to try it. Um, I'm going to do it again tomorrow morning for for the heck of it and see what happens. Sounds it's good. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been out of my system, it, and I will let you know. Let me know. And if if it happens, yep, we'll yep yeah, we'll go do some digging and we'll see if we can figure it out. But honestly. You know, in, in the whole kind of paleo universe, paleo, keto, carnivore, um, supplementing with minerals is just kind of a given. I mean, almost everybody I know um, just tends to supplement with minerals when you eat this kind of diet. And it doesn't make sense, but it's just one of those things we haven't figured out yet. We'll keep working on it. Let's, uh, let's go to Kansas. Bob, welcome to the program. Hey, I, it's interesting. I, you're talking about light balance, and you're talking about the different tastes we have in our mouth. I, I always felt like I'm drinking milk when I drink my light balance. Really? With water. Huh. The strangest thing, yeah. That is I always weird. have to, like, look. I haven't drank milk in years, but I taste milk when I'm drinking my water with light balance in it. I don't drink ice in my water, and it's, it's always just kind of weird. I always look down. And yeah. Anyways. Huh? I was just curious. I was just curious. I probably, I, I might have missed it and stuff, but I've never heard you talk about cancer as a metabolic disease. And and I ran across this in a couple different places. I was reading uh, "Good Calories, Bad Calories" by Larry Taub, and he kind of mentioned it just a little bit. And I watched a like a talk by a professor at Boston College, and he talked about it a little bit. And I came across this book. It's called Ravenous. 
and it's By, about this uh, scientist the, in Germany. Otto Warburg? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a scientist that figured out that cancer cells are fermenters, and they rely totally on glucose in the body to for their energy supply. And I was just curious, have you ever, have you ever ran across this book? Yeah, actually, I read it years ago. I've talked about it several times on the air. There is even, I've talked about this, there are certain cancers that one of the ways they test to try to find that cancer in the body is they feed the patient uh, glucose, uh, almost pure sugar, and they with a dye in it, and then they watch because it will go right to those cancer cells. Now, Otto Warburg figured this out a long, long time ago. And at the time, there was an argument, was cancer a metabolic disease or was it a genetic disease? And unfortunately, Otto Warburg lost the argument. And we started treating cancer a long time ago as though it was a genetic condition. We keep looking for what gene do you have that makes you more susceptible to this. And like almost everything else in the medical health-related world, we got this completely wrong. Cancer is a metabolic disease. If you want to read another good book about the topic, um, read Jason Fung's The Cancer Code. Okay. Yeah. I just, I had not really heard that. I guess I missed it when you talked about it, but I was just thrown back about yeah. this. Because like you, I mean, I always thought it was passed on, you know, through our genetics and, you know, it seems like families get it in their blood, but it really has something to do with their way their body metabolizes sugars and stuff and gets out of control. Now, I, I was just, and I, this, I, the I, story of this guy is kind of crazy too. Well, well, it's it's um, very similar to the argument that happened in the 1950s on whether it was fat that was causing heart disease, which we ended up believing it was fat and cholesterol that causes heart disease. There was another scientist at the time, uh, Judkin, I think who said, no, that's not it at all. It's not fat causing all those metabolic problems. It's sugar. And he lost the argument. So we spent 50 years demonizing fat and eating low fat, and we see where that got us. And now we realize it is sugar that causes all these problems. So is it industry that keeps pushing this back? It seems like we have figured this out so many times throughout history. Industry keeps pushing this this cheap food yes. at us, and it causes all these problems. And they are like, "Oh no, look away! It's something else. Look this way. It's it's this over here." But it seems so crazy to demonize something as animal fat as what's killing us when it's clearly what we've evolved eating our whole life. And they want to create these brand new foods and feed them to us and say, "Here, this is what's healthy for you," because it's you know, it's engineered for us. And, no, and, and it's profitable for millions of years. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All their manufactured foods are very profitable that all the, you know, all natural food is just a commodity. I mean, for the most part, pork is pork. Beef is beef. It, it's kind of a commodity. Certainly the way you raise the animal can change that. And we're seeing a lot of that, but you know, food is just hyper competitive and it's all marketing and they market the food with the highest profit margin, all the garbage. And it's why we as a people have become so sick and I don't see it getting better. I see it getting far worse. So how do we change it? I, I don't do we- know. Is it just one person at a time? I, I, I can't think of any other way. And and even that's not easy. I mean, you've probably dealt with this. You start talking about, you know, food to people and, and they shut down. I mean, we're tired of it. We're, we're tired of being told what we should eat. And then it turns out we just keep getting sicker and sicker. Why would we keep listening to advice when the advice never works? 
Oh my gosh, tell me about it, Kevin. I I'm from I'm from Kansas. I mean, this is where all the wheat and corn is made. Yeah. And you start talking <laughs> about you know this stuff to people whose livelihoods depend on this. They're they will like nah, buddy. You, oh, that you, know, you can stop that right now. Yeah, the first year... I'm like, you're killing people. The first year we announced that we were moving the CMC to Council Bluffs, Iowa. I got a call and this guy went off on me. He was a hog farmer uh, and he also had a trucking company and he did livestock and he went off on me. You can't come to Iowa talking like that. This is pork country. He was serious too. He actually threatened. He said he was going to get all of his livestock hauler friends and they were going to circle the whole um event center so we couldn't do the event oh my gosh yeah well keep up the good fight Kevin. have a good day all right thanks for the call let's see let's head off this time to arizona oh hold on there we go jeremy welcome to the program Hi, Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking my call and answering our questions. I'm just uh, finishing our, our carnivore crust pizza, and I love that idea of adding mayo to the fermented, uh, you know, kraut and maybe throwing some kimchi and got some fermented jicama, stuff like that. There you go. So your your carnivore yeah. crust pizza, is that the, um, what's that recipe? Is that the pork rinds and chicken? Yeah. Uh, I think we just did, we, we, I, I heard that and uh, we're probably, we might try some, but this comes out so well. I think it's cream cheese, egg, and, uh, um, um, no, no flowers this time. So I don't know if right. sleep is, I can't ask her. She, she's the one that does that, but that comes out fluffy and, but yet not too fluffy. Uh, you know, it's just, it's really good. I wouldn't, uh. Yeah, I'm, there's no need to change it. So yeah, I'm actually shocked by some of these recipes. I know there's the recipe out there for chaffles, making waffles with a lot of cheese. I've seen that one. I haven't really tried that one. Um, I kind of avoided these because yeah. they they didn't sound all that great to me. And I had my substitutes. I had a pizza crust that worked really well, and I liked it. And but I, I got that book, the Carnivore Code Cookbook, just because I thought, okay. How do you write a whole cookbook out of nothing but meat? But they did. And I thought, I'm going to try these. I am blown away by how neutral they are. Like you would never guess that that pizza crust is nothing but chicken, pork rinds, eggs, and cheese, all animal products. There's no flowers in there. There's no plants of any kind. It's bizarre how it comes out. You wouldn't think that was just meat. But then the other one, they make a waffle batter that is really just pork rinds and eggs. I mean, there's a couple other, a little bit of baking soda, I think, in there. And I thought, oh, come on, you can't make a waffle out of that. But you can. And it came out really good. And it's actually a neutral waffle, meaning you could put something savory over it or you could put something sweet over it. What's, what's your crust and pizza? What's that? Um, oh, oh, is it cream cheese or regular cheese? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's eggs and, and, and cream cheese. Kevin. Hey, hey, anyway, Tammy. Good morning. And, and, yeah. You said good morning, and yeah. So yeah, the crust is awesome, and we put uh, some Mexican uh, spiced uh, chicken. Uh, I think it's thighs, but it's ground, and it's. Uh, and with the chicken hearts, it's a blend that we get from our butcher. It's pretty nice. Oh yeah, it's it's nice and uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, I wanted to uh, ask your opinion and then ask a question. Sure. Uh, okay, what's your opinion on your you know, infrared uh, grillers versus you know, know like lump lump charcoal for a for a steak? You know, I can remember when the infrared grills first came out. It was quite a while back, and I couldn't really figure out what the whole, um, you know, take was on them. They never really caught on. I never bought one and tried it. Um, If I'm going to cook outside, I want smoke. 
I want the real thing. So yes. I'm either going to use a really okay. good, clean lump charcoal, which if I'm using charcoal, I love lump, um, or I'm going to use yeah. wood on a smoker of some kind. It, for me, if I'm outside, I want some sort of fuel that creates a good smoke. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. That's what I was thinking, too. I just didn't know if it was like... For a steak, super easy and quick, but then I was thinking maybe there's not enough flavor, but, so yeah. You know, one of the, um, uh, one of the (laughs) devices people may want to think about using, because now I know people have one. If I would have mentioned this device before we started talking about the yogurt, nobody would have known what I was talking about. The sous vide. I've had one for years and years. It's an awesome way to cook a lot of things. And one of them that I just started playing around with, and I'm going to create a couple recipes. Um, Starbucks made these famous. I haven't been in a Starbucks in years, but I guess Starbucks sells these things called sous vide egg bites. So they almost come out like yeah. little egg muffin kind of things. They're So that sounded really good. And I went and looked at the ingredient list from Starbucks. Oh, it is awesome awful i cannot believe all the garbage (laughs) that goes into those things it's just ridiculous the ingredient list but i looked at it and i thought that's such a great idea so and you can even use the same little glass you know four or six ounce glass yogurt jars so just take eggs um cream cheese Mm -hmm. and any other cheese you like pepper jack and there are some ratios but it's kind of hard to mess this up you can throw in sausage or bacon or whatever else you want just throw all this stuff into a blender the eggs the cheese all that stuff blend it up pour it into the glass jars put a lid on them and put them in your sous vide water 45 minutes to an hour at like 150 probably for eggs and you've got like a little omelet in a jar they come out amazing uh, yeah, I've been meaning to uh, do use this to be for a steak, kind of you know where you get it nice and tender, and then you quick, and then you sear it. I know you uh, mentioned that, and I've heard about that. But Tammy's always using that. Suvies are suvies for the yogurt, <laughs> but, but uh, oh, hey, oh yeah, what's your opinion is to make? Like if we could find some a big container to put, I don't know, eight, ten quarts in there. Would that? Do you think one wand would handle that, or do you think that's kind of risking? Uh, you know, when, uh, when when you look at the wands, the sous vide machines, they have a wattage rating. Like there'll be so many watts, you just want to get the yeah. get one of the higher rated, and it should. I believe it would handle up to eight quarts. Okay, eight quarts. Okay. Um, all right, we'll look at that. And, and, uh, so my question was, I wanted to know about, um, or if you could explain what's happening when, cause I, uh, I have one of my uncles, you know, he, his, his, um, blood sugar was off the charts, like 10 or something, but he's skinny. And so he's got it kind of under control now since we started, uh, talking, it's coming down, you know, and then, but, but I was wondering what, what, what I know, I heard a little bit of last week's show, and I didn't get to uh, just the beginning about blood sugar and uh, you know the fat storage of it and you know storing for energy when there's you know the glucose. But uh, what happens? And then of course there's weight gain. What happens when? Uh, what's going on when people are uh, very high in blood sugar and but they're still skinny? I've never found a good explanation for this. I've read about it, okay. it gets talked about, but I've never found a good explanation for why this happens. They have all of the other symptoms of somebody with metabolic disease or metabolic syndrome. Now, here's the thing. The diagnosis of metabolic syndrome requires three of the five, basically, that they look at. One of them is obesity. But you could have three of the others and be skinny and you still do have metabolic syndrome. So it's any three of those five, blood sugar, blood pressure, um, weight, Mm. waist circumference, 
uh, and high yeah. uh, triglycerides. Any of any three mm, of those okay. five. But why somebody could have all of those others and not gain weight, I've never seen a good explanation for that. Mm, okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. All right. So uh, it looks like we might... Um, I have a couple other things I wanted to talk about. We might be wrapping this up early. I've got open lines right now. So if you want to jump in, uh, I'll hang out here and answer any calls and questions you've got. I think coming up at, uh, you know, maybe we'll do it at nine. Um, let me check and see if we can get... Uh, if we can get Lauren in. I think we were going to do 930. Uh, I'm going to check now and see. Maybe we'll move to that early. Um, but I will, like I said, I'll hang out. If you've got questions, jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. All right. Um, where do I want to jump back in? Um, I've got a bunch of notes here. The um, the oxalate dumping, I want to do... Um, I'm probably going to do a show on that. Maybe, um, maybe I'll just do a recording of that. I may go back and look and see uh, if Sally Norton has any new material there or not um okay looks like we are going to get uh lauren in here at nine it looks like we might uh we might be getting her in here soon so um we will move on to after hours with uh lauren and kevin that is coming up here in just a couple minutes we uh we'll do a case study um and I think we're going to talk about some uh, some things like leaky gut and autoimmune. I think we'll uh, we'll spend some time on that because I know that was part of the case study this week. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Minnesota. Sarah and Vic, welcome. Hey, Kevin. I just wanted to check in with everybody on uh, yogurt making. Yes. Um, I had posted an article. But for people who haven't been on the page, um, Dr. Davis mentioned that sweet potato was especially fermentation friendly. So coconut milk and I played around with sweet potato and I found that what I liked best was to boil some sweet potato, drain it, and then blend in coconut milk until I got the desired consistency that I wanted. And then you just mix your bacteria in there and let it go for the, the specified temperature for each bacteria, but for 72 hours. Really? Wow. And yeah, it says 72 hours for either fruit puree or sweet potato. Because, and then you don't have to put in any inulin or potato starch, obviously, because the sweet potato has enough of its own sugar. And if you taste, if you taste that sweet potato coconut milk blend, you can taste the sweet potato. Um, and as it ferments, you taste it later. At the end, you can taste the tanginess that it has uh, processed the bacteria. Interesting. And it's actually, um, I think it's it's a really great easy way to get into it if you can't find the right dairy, if you can't. You haven't been able to locate inulin or anything like that. All you need is the bacteria and sweet potatoes. You can do it with water. I just like the coconut milk. Blend. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Get some creaminess in there and some good fat. And yeah, I like that idea. I mean, I, I'm every now and then I still have some trouble getting the dairy. Sometimes they're just out at uh, Azure. I got it last time. Um, Actually, I got lucky to one of the local grocery stores. The only thing I ended up using A1 cream, 
They had a really good, clean cream, but it was A1. Um, I may try that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I tried all the alternatives with, with like just coconut milk, and I just did not like the texture. So the interesting yeah, thing about so the sweet potato, you kind of get the texture the way you want it ahead of time, right? Yeah, do it a little bit uh, more liquid than you want it. And after it processes for the 72 hours and you put it in the fridge, it'll set up just a little bit thicker. Okay. I may give that a try as, a, um, as another fact, alternative. In fact, speaking of fat, the last couple batches I made, I blended in a stick of butter with a sweet potato, too. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. The only thing, I did have a question. I've been doing the super gut blend in the sweet potato, and I had was putting my jars together. Oh, and that's another thing. Put a fermentation lid on the top of your jar because once I added the the butter in there with the sweet potato and the coconut milk, they tend, if you just cover it with, um, with plastic wrap, they tend to bubble over. Oh, okay. But if you use a fermentation lid, uh, that's not a problem at all. It, the gas can escape. Got it. Um, so I had, I had my jars separated and I decided to throw in, um, some capsules of the Terraflora women's probiotics just to, as an experiment. And I don't know if 106, like the gut blend does, wasn't the right temperature or, or if the fact that my sous vide machine kept turning off this last thing, but the two gut blend jars were just fine. And there was some mold on the top of the jar with the huh. paraflora in there. Oh, interesting. So, Yeah, I wonder if it is a, a temperature I, thing. I chucked that one out and got my other sous vide machine out and put the gut blend back in. Because I can taste them. They're processing just fine. The other one, based on smell, I wasn't going to taste at all. Yeah, yeah, no. No bueno there. Yeah, um, it, it may just turn out to be that there's a different temperature that that bacteria needs. Right, and I, that's why I called. I was just curious to to if you had any idea what might how I might find a good temperature for that. You know, I would start since we just don't know. I would start. You know, and I would obviously do very small batches till I figured it out. But I would start at a hundred. That seems to be the lowest okay. temperature that I've seen for any bacteria. And, you know, if it works, then maybe the next time you do it, you try 102. And then you try 104. And 106, you've already ended up with a problem. So I, I would try somewhere between 100 and 105 and see what happens. Okay, sounds good. And if anybody's curious to see the process of how I made the sweet potato coconut milk yogurt blend, um, I did make an article on Healthy Tribe. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think I'm going to give that one a try. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.